guys, here's the deal. Hide is awesome. You're going to hear all about Midwest Tracks. You're going to hear all about Drag and Drive content. Let's get right into it, guys. Episode 100 and something. I don't know. I think this is episode 105 or something crazy. All right, let's get to it. Guys, I say it all the time, but uh, this is going to be an exciting conversation today. Uh, we have Hyde, uh, one of the creators of Summit Midwest Drags. Uh, Y'all, we're going to talk all things drag and drive. So I, I think we just get right into it. You guys have already heard the intro. Let's not even worry about any of that. Hyde, why don't you like introduce yourself to folks, tell everybody kind of who you are, and we're obviously going to tell stories about how and why drag and drive events are the best events for anyone that is into cars. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. My name is Hyde and I am the founder of Summit Racing Midwest Drags. We were about the third drag and drive event to come onto the scene. You know, you had the prestigious uh, and infamous uh, Hot Rod Drag Week that was started in 2005 by David Freiberger. And then mm-hmm. uh, Rock Race Week came on out sometime maybe 13 or 14. And then uh, Summit Racing Midwest Drags. Uh, was picked up in 2018, and we did our first show um, in 2019. And that's great. The uh, you know, it's the cool thing about the drag and drive stuff that we've seen over the last few years is that there's obviously more events, which kind of led us into the conversation beforehand before this with you. And then I'm I'm excited to hear all of the all the stuff because you are really daily in the, the drag and drive culture. Like you, you live it, you know, you, I mean, obviously putting on an event is a big deal, but then, you know, you start talking about like Oh five, uh, hot rod drag week. And then, you know, I think, uh, 14 was the first year for Matt. Uh, I think he went on, I think he went on 14 drag week and then decided, Hey, I want something closer to home. And then we end up with, um, you know, Rocky Mountain Race Week, and then obviously now a 2.0, you know, for Rocky Mountain, the Rocky Mountain team, they call it Race Week, and then Midwest Drags. Dude, there are so many events coming up, and we talked about that a little bit um, on our phone call the other day, but, like, let's tell a little bit of backstory for you. What Like, you've been on a few of these, obviously. You don't usually put one together if you hadn't done one. Um when was your first drag and drive? Well, it's actually pretty, it's really a funny story because I never really uh, intended to create a drag and drive. I actually wanted to have a poker run uh, and it was going to be a three day deal and it was going to have payouts and stuff. And then when the gaming commission found out what we were going to do, they didn't tell me that I couldn't do it, but they recommended that I don't. So with that, then I basically just said, well, let's just create uh, another drag and drive event. And it was a small one, a three or four day one as well. Mm-hmm. And I got, uh, I was lucky enough to get Summit Racing's attention. They signed on up and, you know, just kind of took off from there. But, but you're right. I mean, I am a full-time promoter. I do uh, the Summit Racing Midwest drags. We've got another event now that has kind of made full circle what we're doing with autocross cars. And that's called Summit Racing Autocross Week presented by UMI Performance. And then also um, I assist with the three C10 national shows. So there's five shows a year that we actually produce as well as uh, uh, attending shows in a promotional manner. Wow, dude, you're a busy guy. Uh, yeah, because I mean, as soon as this, I'm done with this phone call, we're going to load on up two cars and we're going to heading on up to Detroit for the, uh, the Detroit Autorama. We've got two cars. We've got Brian Havlick's 55 Chevy with his trailer. 
uh, completely mm-hmm. off, uh, fresh off of sick week. I don't even know that he's taking all the road grinding sand off of it yet. And then, and that's going to be in one corner of the summit booth. And then in the other corner of the summit booth, we're going to have Jesse Vaughn's truck from level seven who builds square bodies for autocross. So half of the summit racing booth at the Detroit Autorama is going to have two of my vehicles, uh, promoting the summit racing Midwest drags presented by Mickey Thompson tires. And then in the other corner is going to be summit racing autocross week presented by you and my performance. So, uh, we're moving. Dude, that's awesome. The coolest part about, I think about once people realized you can, you know, let's beat on stuff for a couple days in a row. Um, you know, like the autocross week, I mean, other than, I guess one lap of America really doesn't, that's not even the same kind of deal. Like, are you guys the only autocross? No, no. And this is what I'm talking about makes a full circle. Okay. Freiberger, when he created drag week in 2005, he said he was inspired based off one lap of America. Mm -hmm. And he got the idea, well, instead of we turn left and right, how about we just go in a straight line? That was the birth of drag week based off of that. And now here we are 19 years later on and summit racing basically says, you know, they, they told me when we were re- renegotiating after my three-year contract expired and they, they re-signed for another, they also then said at the conclusion of that, that meeting, they said, hey, how cool would it be if we had an event that was run exactly like the Midwest Drags, but we just do it with autocross cars? That was the birth of autocross week. That is too cool, man. Yeah, so I didn't I'm, even know that about you. That's awesome. Yeah, so, Sorry yeah. I didn't do all the backwards research. We, uh, you know, That's typically right. I like that's all right. I don't like to be in the public light. Uh, but, but I mean, we to, to answer your question. Yeah. We've kind of made full circle all based off of one lap of America and how it inspired Freiburger, how it's inspiring everybody else. And then we're making full circle. And that's, you know, you asked earlier, you said, what's the, what's the thing that uh, why dragon drive is, is exploding like it is. There's a couple things, but the biggest thing is because it's inspiring. People are motivated. They come on out. They get excited to see that third gen Camaro that they used to own five years ago that they sold that's running in the eights. They get inspired and they go home and they open on up the summit catalog and they can be involved. And and, you know, if you really want to know where the credit and the basis for this, I think, comes from, I think there's two things. I think when Chevrolet in 2000 came on out with the LS platform, that's number one. And number two is the turbo. Because without those two factors, drag and drive would basically be the mass majority of 10, 11, 12, and 13 second cars. I 100% agree with you. Because now you can take, well, a perfect example, Mike Corsilli, who we had on uh, last week, his truck. I mean, he's got a regular cab, short bed, cat eye, 05 truck with a a ring-gapped six-liter, you know, good cam, good turbo, good trans, runs 960s. It is a, he drives it as often as he can. I, I mean, th- that would have been unheard of, you know, eight, 10, 15 years ago because of, you know, you just didn't, you, you couldn't put that kind of power down with a, you know, small block forward or at, at that point, you really couldn't with a, you know, two or three valve uh, Ford motor. Right. That's the, right. The, you, you could, it just cost you a whole lot of money and everybody just kept leaning on these things and realized, hey, you know, and, and Holly coming out with all the electronics and HP tuners helping with all the ECU stuff. I mean, it, it's a, it's a great time to be a hot rodder for sure. This, with the explosion of Dragon Drive, I really have to believe that this is what it must have felt like 
back in the late 60s, early 70s, when drag racing was just exploding. Because back then, you had daily driving cars that if you broke, you better fix it because it's what you were going to drive to work on Monday. Yes. I think it's made full circle. You know, in, in the 80s, we got away from all of that because in the 80s, if you wanted to have a sign that you got a, a fast car, well, you put it on the trailer on your way to the track. Yeah. But nowadays, with drag and drive, if your car's on the trailer, it's a sign you broke and you're out of competition. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. And you got guys like Rich Guido. I mean, dude drives from Canada, towing his trailer in his race car, races all week, runs eights, and then drives it back home 7,000-mile round trip, you know? If you don't know why they call him the Canadian Chuck Norris, <laughs> you gotta under you got to do some research on this guy because he is a gorilla. He is an Iron Man. He is a men of men because – uh, we met uh, again. Uh, a lot of us went down there to Sick Week just last month, mm -hmm. and uh, he was there. And, and keep in mind, he drives that thing from Alberta, Canada. So it was like 3,200 miles just to get to Bradenton, Florida. And he'd yeah. already been on the road. You know, you're not going to do that in a two day trip. He'd already been on the road, what, five, six, seven days to be able yeah. to make it down there. Yeah, it was it was crazy. And he had uh, Kyle with Boosted Lifestyle, you know, documenting all of it. And so, you know, every day I would get up and watch the, Kyle's video and and just be like, these guys are crazy. I mean, they were three deep in a car driving that far. Yeah. And, you know, really like Rich doesn't own a truck and trailer, but there was a guy that came from the Yukon that was over by Alaska that came for sick week. I mean, Dragon Drive just brings out, I think, the. Um, the want to in folks, you know, you're talking about being inspiring. Um, you know, I, and I always hearken it back to uh two lane blacktop. I think that I, it would be interesting to see the purchases of that movie uh, in the last three years compared to the previous 20. It, it, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that because on our Facebook group, which is literally dragon drive, Mm -hmm. We our backdrop on there is of that 55 and, and the, the scene, the scene is them driving across that bridge. And then we've got the tagline on there that says dragon drive because those guys were doing dragon drive 40 years before drag week. Yeah. I mean, they were the original guys. They didn't have a trailer. They hauled it on out and stuffed the tires in the back of the trunk, carried a couple tools. Remember one of those, the, the scenes in there where they're running low on cash. And uh, so we put up the tools for 300 bucks in cash. I mean, yep. we're talking about scraping it together. <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally what a drag week or, a, you know, drag and drive event is like. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, Richard Guidio, you know, when he came on down there, I think him competing in sick week was probably the easiest part of his track because it was only 800 miles compared to the, the 6,000 round trip to go back to, to Canada. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, the, uh, you know, you start the thing about drag and drive is uh, you you are around like-minded people that, that literally emotionally and physically want you to finish the week mm -hmm. more, you know, right. morale. They want the morale to finish the week. They, they have it and they carry it, you know? And, but once you get away from that, like for rich, for sure, you know, you get in the middle of Nebraska and throw a wheel bearing in the 65 GTO on the side of the road, or you break your uh, control arm, you know, that he had that happen uh, or broke the bolt or something like that. I mean, you know, now you're in the generosity of the general public. <laughs> now, now you may have, now you may struggle a little bit, you know? Right. Who, who don't quite necessarily understand why he's doing what he's doing, but they are enamored by it. Yeah. 
Yeah, certainly. And, and I think the the drag and drive spirit has, you know, begun to take hold a little bit of the of the country. And and again, that's why we I mean, that's why we created Drag Drive Repeat, because we were running so much stuff under our narcoleptic customs, um, YouTube and Facebook and Instagram that I could, you know, I felt bad for all of our followers there. So I'm like, look, drag and drive is, is my new life. I love this lifestyle. I love driving the cars. I, you know, love building stuff that is going to be driven. And, you know, so that's why we created this. I mean, that's why we're here. That's why, uh, you know, it's like how, okay, how long till the April event that we host, how, which actually got, that's why you and I started talking in the beginning. And then, you know, how long till Midwest drags, how long till hot rod drag week, how long, you know, I'm counting down the days now where before it was like, okay, how long till this car show, how long till that car show. Now it's drag and drive takes over my, my life. Yeah, that's exactly right. Drag and drive is for the guy who loves driving his car. Um, it, yeah. that, that's the common thing. If you, if you can't stand to be inside that car, then just, just then drag and drive is not for you. If you want to drive your car, you want to be on the road, you want to be with like-minded people and see some cool stuff, stuff that you're not going to see. And there's no other reason why you would have ever met these people or even been at that track, except mm -hmm. because it was a drag and drive event. That's what makes it killer. Yeah. A hundred percent. The, before this, uh, before drag and drives took over, we would, we hosted a charity uh, streetcar shootout at Mocan once a year, it was in October, late October, late September, early October. And that was the only time I went to the track. You know, now we did sick week for 2022. Uh, so I was at, you know, four different tracks in Florida. Uh, we're doing, uh, you know, race week, we're doing 2.0 in September. And so I'll be at four different racetracks then. And then uh, we're trying to hit the last two days of drag week just for the content. So I'll be at another two tracks then. And I would have never been at those tracks if it had not been for drag and drive. Yeah. So what's the count on that? About 20 different tracks this year. Uh, yes. We'll see. I mean, if you, uh, if, you eight, ten, to, yeah. if you average four to five tracks per event, you're going to go to four or five events. So that's race basically going to be about 20, 20 tracks uh, per year. Yeah. And, and, and again, just like you're saying, you'd have no reason to drive to like, I would have no reason to drive to Memphis to make passes or uh, Enos, Texas to make passes just to, just to go on a Saturday afternoon, which is about six hours from me. I, I wouldn't do that, but because of drag and drive, I'm going to go and do that and, and get those, make those memories. Yep. That's exactly, that's exactly what it's right. Bailey calls sick week an adventure. We call <laughs> ours an experience yep. uh, because, because it absolutely is. I mean, the, the important thing to, to, to know to, to the new people that are joining us is, this isn't a drag race. This isn't like your Saturday bracket or, you know, your weekend or your, your, your Friday night uh, test and tune. This yep. literally is an experience. I mean, you're spending vacation time, you're spending vacation money. And for the young guys, uh, younger guys who have, you know, young families at home, they've got to sell it to their spouse that they're going to go on out and hang out with their buddies for a week while she stays at home and, and is responsible. So the memories have got to equal the financial expense. Um, yep. And that's one of the reasons why at the Midwest Drags, you know, we are so blessed to be in the motorsports capital of the world that uh, all of our motor, all of our route stops are always motorsports related. Mm -hmm. Last year, you know, we went to John Force Racing. We've been to JNA Auto. Uh, we've been to uh, Scott Rods, who, who had a very, very nice uh, spread for us, all catered with a band and stuff. Wow. And so this yeah. Oh, yeah. So this. Oh, this, I mean, it's a it's a party and it's an experience. It's, it's not just the, the racing at the track. It's it's 
it's everything that's in between. And that's what people are signing on up for is that experience. And so, you know, one of the things that also uh, that we're doing this year for the Midwest Drags is after we leave Edgewater, which is our host track, we're going to be going to Brownsburg, Indiana, and we're going to be visiting uh, Walt Herr. Now, Walt Herr was Larry Dixon's clutch guy in the 90s when it was either uh, Dixon or Schumacher who was always winning. That's mm -hmm. Walt Herr. He was responsible for getting that horsepower into the ground. So we're going to be stopping off at his shop. Then we're going to go on up to Morocco, Indiana, and we're going to race at uh, US 41. Then we're going to come across and we're going to stop off at Cali's crankshaft. We're going to race at Dragway 42. We're going to come on down and we're going to visit Profiler Cylinder Heads. And he has a Mike puts on out a very nice display. Looks like a miniature PRI show. And then uh, and then Friday morning, I'm going to send everybody 20 miles down the street from Edgewater Race uh, Motorsports Park to 10 Soldiers Race Cars. And then we'll come back. Uh, three, lanes will open at 3.30 and we'll race uh, AFCO Friday Night Lights uh, at Edgewater and then immediately go into the Molly Motorsports Awards Ceremony. So all of that, it's not just making the passes. You're not signing on up just to go make passes. You're signing up for an overall experience. Yeah, 100% experience because um, as we talked in the the live streams from last week and the week before, I mean, you're talking about you're getting five and six passes during the week. Now, I don't know how many you get on Midwest Drags. Uh, what's your car count on Midwest Drags? Well, we, we, we limit it to 300 as well, but we, yeah. also, we also limit our SMEs to only 32 cars. Uh, so, so that'll, and, and we have a 10, five barrier to be able to get into the Midwest drag. So we Whoa. focus on, yes, we focus on some very, very fast cars and, and, and a way to be able to, to make that possible because two hits are required. So it's not a one and done two hits are required per day. Our class winners are an average of eight and how we achieve that is because we have no class calls and we have a 750 express lane. So when you've got that visual of that funny car hoop, that puts you in lane number one. And if they want wow. like the track and they're ready to go, they go on up there and they make their hit. And then we go to lanes two and three and then four and five. And then we go back again. So the lanes are never, ever not moving, you know, and that's oh, the reason. Wow. That's all, that makes me want to build something fast. I'll just tell you right oh. now. Hey, just go find, go get yourself a Fox, get yourself an LS and, and the smallest 88 turbo that you can find less than $10,000. And you're in the eights. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. So, you know, I don't know if you follow sloppy mechanics, but Matt Happel built a, you know, eight second car for, you know, all, under nine grand. I mean, that's pretty awesome. I don't know if anybody else could do that, but Hey, he did it. And that's, that's awesome. It's not, it's not terribly expensive to go super, super fast anymore. And that's why I say, you know, you want to give credit to the explosion of this dragon drive. It's good to see LS platform in the turbo because the rest of this is just, you know, we could dream this all up and say, hey, let's go on out there and take our street cars. But like I say, they just be 10, 11, 12, 13 second cars because it, you yeah. have still high lift cams. So you're always watching your valve train. But with turbo cars, it eliminates all that makes it makes them far more reliable and keeps the drivability there. Yeah, definitely. The, the valve train technology for turbo stuff has come. Well, it, just anything has come so far in the last 10 years. But, yeah, you're right. You know, if you're cramming air in one, uh, you don't have to – the cam doesn't have to make the air, mm -hmm. you know. So we, we've had Billy Godbold on before, and, and that's exactly what he was talking about, was just the livability of valve train for boosted vehicles, and especially LS stuff. It's just – it's amazing. And trans 
stuff has come a long way, which was, you know, I feel like a, a limiting factor for a lot of stuff. If you didn't run a glide or a you know, turbo 400 that had all the best parts in it, you know, now with the technology, with the electronics, you can bring that stuff in higher in the RPM range. You can help, you know, everything live a lot longer. And again, just like you said, helps everything go down the track and get, get between stuff. So, uh, you know, with you having two passes at each track, you're going to make at least eight passes during the week. You, you got to turn in eight times. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So, so think of, so think about that, right? You're in the lanes, let's say an hour at the most, right? For, cause it sounds like you guys move through stuff pretty good. But let's say an hour. So eight passes, you're out of four or five days of this experience of a dragon drive. You're only spending about eight hours in the, doing the drag racing you know you, you got change over the car you got things like that like uh are you guys you know radial or slick only uh, racing as well or do you do a tire no no dot tire or no um no hard tires yeah so and, so yeah you, you'll you'll typically have go ahead well i was just gonna say and that's just because of the the the, the sheer speeds of these big cars you know those yeah. sticks are super super sensitive and if you got a hard tire on out there that he did even if he was 10 uh, 10 passes in front, it still makes it very, very difficult to get off that line. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. The, uh, and, and that's in, t- in doing sick week and discussing things like this with you, I think we'll probably lean more towards that way next year, uh, for our own dragon drive event, just because it makes track prep a lot easier or we'll dedicate a lane to that. You know, we, I, I love hard tire stuff. We had a guy last year that ran like 10 twenties on, on a, you know, 250 treadwear rated tire, you know, I mean, I, I, really fast streetcar stuff was, was fun. Um, but I, I definitely like that. And plus it keeps, it makes everything go faster throughout the day. Yeah. When you're not having to stop all the time to drag the track, uh, that, mm-hmm. that keeps racing going, it keeps the motivation high, it keeps people watching, it keeps people engaged. And that's the goal. You, you remember, I mean, this is we're building an entire experience here. It's not just about that thirteen hundred twenty feet. Yeah, and so that's what we were talking about earlier. Sorry, and I completely changed conversation there. Um, <laughs> which is what I do. I squirrel a little bit. Everybody knows if they've been on this for a little bit. But um, you know, if if you have eight hours of you know physical in the lane racing during the week, uh, you know that leaves you a hundred hours that you're going to fill with the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to sleep some, which is probably about 20 hours of that. So that leaves you with a hundred hours that you're, you're fixing to fill up with like-minded people. You're going to fill up at super cool stops that you typically wouldn't hit if you were on a vacation trip. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got your whole family loaded up, you're probably not going to stop at the Cali's uh, crank. Cali. And, yep. That's right. Yeah. You, you're not going to stop there because you don't have the the two hours. I mean, we spent, I spent two and a half or three hours at Don Garlitz. I mean, you're going to spend two hours there talking to your buddies, talking to, you know, looking at all the parts, talking with vendors, all that kind of stuff. You're talking with that vendor. Um, you're not going to do that on a regular vacation. And that's why drag and drive stuff is so much more fun. It's like turning a bunch of 15 year old boys loose on with cool hot rods. With the cool hot rods, that's right. Because none of us when we were fifteen had anything cool like what we've got now. That's right. That's right. We we, we drove junk. Yeah. And and, and hey, back then I don't know how old you are, but I, I'm I'll turn forty one, and you know a thirteen second streetcar back then was pretty quick. 
Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking low ni early nineties. Yeah, no, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, uh, when I first started driving, I was 15 years old. We had a 64 Chevy two and it went nine and a half at 154. And that was a, that was a, uh, that was a 400 small block with a 350 turbo and a five, six, uh, 556 strange in the back on a 10 inch slick. Okay. Now that was pretty quick back in the, in the early nineties, but and then I had a 72 Chevelle that I drove to school. Now that Chevelle was on its best day in the 15s. I mean, I could get into the 14s if I got out and pushed, but uh, <laughs> so I, there was nothing that was in between because there was really truly no, no real true uh, drivability. And I was in high school. I had zero money. I made what, $80 yeah. a week. Yep. You know, you can't, you can't buy a bunch of speed parts for $80 a week. So no, I, I always joke with folks. I say, you know, we had a, uh, I made $120 a week back then. Now I can't live on $120 a day. That, there you go. That boy, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk. Uh, we talked about how the, the events are exploding. The biggest thing from. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to word this because there's there's several weekend events that are popping up. You know, we have ours in April. You have the the one guy's garage with Nathan, Nathan Shaw. Um, drag, one guy's garage drag weekend. Uh, that's kind of up in your part, typically Michigan, I think. Right. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of my racers like Scott Kleppinger that goes and participate, participates in that. That one, that one guy garage has been around a few years, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think he's, so he missed one year because his wife was sick uh, for doing it. And my friend, Jonathan Stonecipher, who's a, the reason that we, that I am into drag and drive stuff. Uh, we, they were going to do a stop here in, or at, at our home track in Joplin. And so when he canceled, you know, they had the date. So we're like, Hey, do you mind if we go ahead and, and do our own event here? And he said, no, that's fine. And, uh, and so we did it and it's, so I think that's probably what well, we've done. Our, this will be our fourth year. So that's at least three or four years for them. Okay. Well, yeah, as, as I was mentioning before, as long as uh, an event has, has had its inaugural event, uh, then we definitely need to get them listed on the dragondrive.com calendar. Um, yes. So, so that everybody, because as people are starting to Google this and figure, you know, hey, what is this Dragon Drive I keep hearing about? Uh, you know, Sick the Magazine is doing a fantastic job. We now actually have our own magazine that's dedicated to our own style of drag racing. Mm -hmm. uh, that's fantastic. They've got a calendar. We've got a calendar on our dragondrive.com website. And uh, we also have a link on that. It's just a single page site, but it lists all of the drag and drive events uh, by the date. It has the U.S. and Canada, Canadian ones. It's also got the overseas ones. And then it's also got a link to uh, Sick the Magazine. So you can have you can if you want to renew your subscription. Oh, perfect. That's awesome. I um, so yeah, I've been playing on it. Uh, you were gracious enough to let us put our drag and drive event on there. And, uh, it certainly appreciate that. Hope that brings us some more folks. Cause you know, we yeah, do it to right. raise money for the, for the children's shelter. So anytime we can help them get more money, that's always a plus. Yeah. The only criteria to be listed on that drag and drive.com uh, calendar is, is they have to have had a first year event. Prior gotcha. to that, prior to that, it's just talk. But once they've actually had their first year event, then they are a drag and drive event and we're going to put them on the calendar. That's awesome. So do you want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, you being in the weeds of this, like how, how many you're seeing of that? How many you think, how many events, you know, weekend style or three day events you think are going to, going to become normal uh, for the, for the country? 
if we don't see three to four more weekend events pop up this year, I will be very surprised. Yeah. And, and, and we need more, we need more of those type of events that gets people involved because it is really difficult to take a week off of vacation, drive two or three days in each direction to, to get to the event. Uh, that's really, really difficult. But then there's a lot of people out there that want to be able to participate in these mm -hmm. local uh, shows that are two or three days and it's, you know, it's only an hour and a half to get there. It makes it so they all can participate. It gets them inspired. And it could be the one thing, cause you know, we're under attack by the RPM act. We need to get more people involved back into motorsports. I think drag and drive is a fantastic way to be able to do it. So we need more weekend events. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I agree. And there's, you know, it's a, there's a lot of times where you know I'm on all the drag and drive, big drag and drive pages, you know? Um, and so everybody's like, man, we don't need too many. We don't need it to wash out. We don't need, you know, but I'm like, let's go. Cause the thing is like with Facebook, we, we all become a very small community of drag and drive participants and, you know, event uh, voyeurs, people wanting to watch that stuff. But when you really think about it, Midwest drags, uh, sick week, drag week, and both race weeks. I mean, what's there? 1500 spots open mm -hmm. at the most, you know, so right. you start, you start kind of figuring the, the reach of, you know, what people would consider taking that event. There's tens of thousands of people, but these five or six huge events like you guys, you know, I mean, there's 1500 spots available. Right. So why, why not get involved? And then, you know, you could almost, and I'll just say this, I don't know if it's true, but, uh, or will work out, but you know, if you went to three or four small events that you can get into, submit your car to Midwest drags. If you didn't get in on the original entry, you know, Hey, listen, I've competed in these five events or these two events and I've completed it. And I ran nine fifties consistently at all these small events. How, how do I make sure that I get in if I show up? You know. Well, that, that would certainly make a very compelling argument and would move them to the front of the line. There's no doubt about that. Yep. So uh, that's the uh, that that's my tip there. Uh, I will also say if you really, really want to do one of these, I mean, people can't, you know, promoters, you guys can't say if you show up, you're going to get in because you don't know how many people are going to show up. But, you know, at race week we had, I think there were, seven or seven or 12 spots that were available. Uh, Sick Week had nine spots that were available. I mean, they, they did 341 out of the 350. So if you're going to do it and you're going to talk about it, I mean, get one on your vacation list and go do it. Absolutely. If you want to be involved, you got to get involved. <laughs> yes. yes that's... The, thing, the, the thing is, it's not lack of cars on out there. I mean, if you want a really mm -hmm. good example, um, uh, about 40% of the participants there at Sick Week were new to the drag and drive market. Um, yeah. Dave Terese, he's out of Long Island. He drives that, um, that uh, yellow uh, Nova. And his daughter, Anna Lee, was the one who won the roadkill car mm. that Freiburger and Finnegan um, raced in, right? She's the yep. one, she's the girl. She's 14 years old, so she's got a couple more years, but she's no doubt got some ideas for it. Well, when Dave Terese left uh, Sick Week, all of his buddies back there in New York were watching the live feed. When he got back, 
and they started talking about the Midwest drags. Dave Cherizi specifically called me up and he says, I've got three 850 cars that won in. Now that's three brand new fast cars that have been around mm -hmm. for a long time. But this is after 18 years since the very first 2005, they're now getting inspired to come on out. There's, there's not a shortage of fast cars. It's, it's just getting our message of if you want to have a killer time with some like-minded people and you like driving your car, you might want to take a serious look at drag and drive. Yeah. I don't think people understand the joy that becomes those events because listen, you're in parking lots, you're in gas stations, you're in stores, you're in restaurants, everything you do for a week, there are race car friends, race car friends everywhere, everywhere, every time. And there's nothing cooler than that. 100%, 100%. But, you know, another, another thing to consider too, for some of the new people, because, uh, you know, there's the, the kind of a concern that I hear. One of the number one concerns I hear from them is, well, how many laps am I going to be able to make? Or how many passes am I going to be able to make? I would, uh, I would shoehorn that concern for a little while because here's the reality of, of the week. This is a week-long event, but you only get it in 24-hour blocks. Because if you're not at the track and, and turning in your time slips before the lanes close, then you're a DNF. You're out. Mm -hmm. Okay, So, yes, it's a week-long event, but you only get 24 hours at a time. And you get certain luxuries that you, that, you, that you, depending on how well you're doing, you get to exercise those luxuries or not. And one of the first one, if you're running behind the eight ball, one of the first ones to go, is food. You're not going to be able to sit down at Red Lobster for an hour and a half and have a nice meal at night. What you're going to be doing is you're going to be eating a hot dog out of a gas station and you're going to justify it because you just ate for $2. That's the first luxury that's going to go. The second luxury, sleep. You're going to lose sleep because you got to be able to make up that time. If, if you have to lay underneath your car at three o'clock in the morning, that comes first or else you're out. So, yep. so when you hear people like uh, they say this is very much an endurance or an Ironman type of a competition, it absolutely is because we are looking for the strongest car, but we're also looking for the strongest minded individuals that have a tremendous amount of self-discipline to put themselves through this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a Saturday at the track where you, you know, if, even if you do drive your car to the track and make passes and go home, it's nothing like that. I mean, cause a lot of times, would you say a, a typical Saturday or Sunday at the track, there's a hundred, 120 cars, 150 maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So now you're fixing to double that and you've got to swap your car over and get it ready. And you have just driven it 150 to 400 miles for you've been in your car for six hours before. Do you guys, do you guys race at night or are you the, like a morning racer? Uh, the format of the Midwest drag is that the, the track goes hot at eight o'clock in the morning, Tuesday through Thursday. And yep. then the new format change for this year. And you can thank Rick Johnson for this. He was the advocate for this because of better racer safety. But we, we don't start racing on Friday until 3.30 in the afternoon. And then we yep. race AFCO Racing Shocks Friday Night Lights. Well, and it make you know, after after doing sick week, it makes sense to do that because then you can go, you know, people are trying to get their very best pass. And then we go right into awards, you know, so that, so that makes sense. The one thing I found compared to race week, which races at night and uh, sick week, which races in the morning is how tired I am at eight o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, uh -huh. You get up in the morning, you drive, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes to the track 
and you get the car changed over, you get to the lanes, you make passes, all that adrenaline, and then you get in the car and you drive for, I mean, it took us seven hours one day to go 125 miles. Mm-hmm. Because breakdowns, we spent some time at the checkpoints, you know. So, and then you crash at like 2 a.m. because you've been in the parking lot talking for three hours. I know. You see, this is the funny thing. You think you think when you're in that car and you're stuck in rush hour traffic and you're so damn tired, you think that when I get to that host hotel, I'm going to go inside there and I'm just going to crash. Well, what happens is you get to that host hotel and you see all your buddies on out there talking. So on your way, you spend two hours just to go from your car to inside of your room. Oh, listen, one night I, I had to stretch once I got to the room because I had carried my backpack that had my editing laptops and all my camera gear and clothes and everything like that. I had carried it for two hours and I told people for an hour and a half of that, I've got to go in and get this this backpack down. I got to go in and get this backpack down. And you would just move from group of five or six people to group of five or six people to group. Of, and then by the end of the night, there was 30 of us in a in a huge group out there just talking amongst ourselves. It was great. Every time, every night and every time at one of these events. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's not any one of the events. It's every single one of them. Yep. Well, and, you know, for folks that are kind of in my age group or maybe a little older, you know, in high school, you cruised, right? You cruised this little section of town that you had. It was a lot like that for us. People would come from other hotels and they would park and talk for a little bit and then they'd leave and another group would come in who had just finished dinner, you know, somewhere at waffle house typically is where uh, you eat at, you know, 1130 at night. So even pulling into the waffle house parking lot, you end up seeing people that you haven't seen all week. Mm -hmm. That is for sure. It's a great time. Uh, It's just amazing. So, all right, let's talk. um, Let's kind of spin a little bit. Um, I want to know, uh, like what your opinions are you think on the next five years of Dragon Drive? Do you think we'll, you know, kind of what the changes are in that? And then obviously we need to get into some of the dragondrive.com. And then obviously we, we're going to talk about um, Dragon Drive, the phrase. Yeah, so, the, the next five years, I just see it getting better and better. Uh, I see, you know, a lot more events happening overseas as well. I would like to work, do some stuff working with some of the promoters. Uh, to be able to uh, cross the pond and do other things with them. I'm, I'm just oh, going yeah. to leave it at that. But uh, I definitely see this thing not ending anytime soon. I don't see it fizzling out anytime soon. And the reason being is because almost anybody can do it. It doesn't take yeah. a massive um, bank account to be able to do this. So the, the, the sky's the limit, really. And I can see that as long as uh, you know we promoters are, are working together and we're moving forward and we always put the best interests of the racers and we focus on the racers experience, it's going to continue to grow. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and then, uh, dragondrive.com. What, what's the, what's the future of, of that? And I mean, I'll just tell you the, uh, I think there's so much we can do with that. Maybe even, uh, you'll bring in some podcast info, uh, on one of them tabs. <laughs> Well, we we can certainly look into that. Uh, the uh, The thing is, is when we came out with our logo, um, we designed that logo in house and back in 2018, and we threw that tagline on there of Dragon Drive, Dragon mm-hmm. Drive. Event. We trademarked it back then, and we never really thought that it would go anything, go anywhere. We didn't think anything of it, um, but we were trying to come on up with what is a descriptor of this type of an event because it's not a drag race, and we don't want right. to be confused as a drag race. And if you try to explain to your buddies 
what this is and you say it's a drag race, you're going to lose, you, you know, some people are going to say, okay, and you're going to lose the other ones because you're yeah. just basing it off of what their ex previous experiences are. So we were trying to come on up with something like that. But now, uh, you know, in, in the, back in the nineties, we had street and strip, which was kind of more towards like the, you know, the, the pro pro street cars that, that era. Mm -hmm. So, so we wanted something that was unique into our own. And now it has just taken off and, and everybody's using it as a descriptor to describe what it is this thing is that we are doing. And for that, absolutely, I applaud them. And, and, and it's starting to go mainstream. I mean, we're seeing it now. It's used in articles on the motortrend.com website. NHRA mm -hmm. themselves is talking about what Sick Week did. Uh, I think their headline was Sick Week brings drag and drive to Florida, something like that. Wes Buck mm -hmm. over there at Dragzine, he's using it in his publication. So what started on off as just being something that was hidden in, in our logo is actually turned on out to being mainstream. And for that reason, then we registered the URL of dragondrive.com. We registered in all different kinds of ways and then just made that as just like a calendar of all of the drag and drive events where they've had the, where they've had the inaugural event, then they, then they automatically get on that list and they there's hyperlinks there where they can go, where the visitors can go and visit that one unique uh, uh, page. Mm -hmm. And basically just to be able to help those who might be Googling what is drag and drive. Oh yeah. That's a great point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Cause I live it. I'm like, Oh man, I'm well, trying yeah. to figure out all the names. Yeah. To you and I, it's common knowledge. And you know, that's kind of the funny thing is that, you know, the things that are in your head, the things that are in my head, we just assume that the other person knows that, but they don't. Mm -hmm. And as they're starting to read, you know, they read an article at, out of drag zine and they, and it says, you know, drag and drive. Well, what's the next thing? What is this drag and drive thing? So if you go onto mm -hmm. YouTube, you're going to see a lot of Cletus McFarland stuff. I'll talk about drag and drive. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, it's just kind of the next evolution of getting information out there. Yeah, I love it. It's a it's a, a great page because, you know, even I mean, just looking at it right, literally right now, I see there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine uh, on here that are just in the States. And then you've got, you know, several that are overseas, one in March, one in July. And that's just what we know of right now. You know, as that's we what we know of right now, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. I mean, I still I don't have that one guy's garage listed on there. I need to con I need yeah. to find out who puts that thing on there and, and get him listed. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll bring you guys together. It's Nathan Shaw. I'll I'll send a message that uh, with both of you guys on there. Not that I know him very well, but him and I've talked a few times because uh, I'd love to do that. Just because, again, like we talked earlier, it gives me a chance to hit new tracks that I would never have gone to. Right. That's awesome. Well, uh, what do we want to leave folks with? I, I know you are a very busy guy, and I don't want to take take time that we can't. And I would love to have you back on to say that just because there's so many stories you have. I mean, you know, we were both at sick week. I didn't even, I didn't even get a chance to meet you there. Um, and we got to talk about all your experiences with, within the dragon drive events and things like that. So, but for, for this one, what, uh, what do you want to leave folks with for the, uh, for the dragon drive culture and somebody that maybe hasn't done one yet? You've got to give it a try. I mean, you absolutely do. It is it is a commitment to come on out for one week. Uh, so I would strongly encourage you to find a local one or start a local one. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and if you know if you, the best way to be able to do it, if you're curious as to how to do it, get a charity involved uh, because yeah. then, the, then you'll get a bunch of volunteers that'll be able to to help you on out. It doesn't have to be a big old national display. Just get do something to be able to get involved and, and uh, get some people to participate and come on out because the the future of 
uh, our motorsports is in jeopardy. And Chad Reynolds is like, you know, he's one of the biggest advocates right now. He's always, every time he's on the microphone, he's always talking about, you, we got to get more engaged and fight this thing. I really strongly do believe because how many people are being in inspired with this, how many new people are coming on out that this could be a good opportunity for us to be able to have a lot of fun and protect our fun. Yes, yeah, certainly. Certainly. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's a great way to, I think it's probably a great way to end this one. Um, I can't, I can't say thank you enough for being on today. I, I mean, literally we started talking a few days ago, you were nice enough to jump on and let us record for 45 minutes. And I certainly appreciate that. I, I can't imagine the hours and hours and hours of stories you have though. Well, it's quite a few, but I'll tell you, you know, there's, uh, the, the sponsors make it possible. The promoter mm -hmm. makes the reality, but the racers, they're the ones that make it memorable. So Summit Racing, be sure to buy all your speed parts from Summit Racing. Mickey Thompson is a fantastic, you know, Mickey Thompson was one of the first promoters back in Lions Drag Strip. And if you Google or YouTube, YouTube Mickey Thompson historical videos, you'll actually see when, when they started racing there at Lions Drag Strip, Mickey was so revolutionary. He called on out on the Saturday night races, the news team, and they did live news reports at Lions Drag Strip. That's how revolutionary he was. And I've got Mickey Thompson as my presenting sponsor. Okay. That's, that's yeah. awesome. It, you, you, so another, another story about full circle, right? Still involved yep. in promoting. So Mickey Thompson, even though he's not with us anymore, his company is continuing to support the next uh, row of, of upcoming promoters. We've got Molly Motorsports. We've got the Gear Vendors Live Feed. We've got uh, uh, Mosier Engineering. We've got uh, just a tremendous amount of, of fantastic sponsors that are going to be with us this year. Oh, that's great, man. Okay, well, uh, 45 minutes. I'm going to end it there. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pop into the outro now. Thank you.